It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Big Blue Insider is on. News Radio 630 WLAP and the iHeartRadio app. To interact with the show, call us at 859-280-2287. That's 859-280-CATS. Or you can tweet us at Big Blue Insider 1. Now, here's Dick Gabriel. Welcome to the Big Blue Insider, Thursday edition of our program as we wind down the week and take another step closer to college football, the Wildcats in Alabama. You'll hear it right here on 630 WLAP. But tonight, not only will we talk football, we're going to visit with Steven Johnson, former Kentucky quarterback, and on his resume was a trip to Tuscaloosa. Now, of course, the Cats didn't win there, but uh, played tough. And uh, it, was a, it was a physical game, and Stephen remembers what that one was like, so we will be chatting with him a little later on. But we're also going to talk a lot of NBA and U.K. basketball, of course, because, well, the draft came and went last night, and I guess we shouldn't be surprised, fellas, that uh, Tyrese Maxey did not go in the lottery and actually went a little bit later than projected. However, uh, two of his teammates also went, and – I think are in tremendous spots. I think Tyrese Maxey's in a great spot with the Sixers. And Nick Richards' rights were traded from New Orleans to uh, Michael Jordan's team in North Carolina. So you're going to have to get used to that uh, if Nick Richards makes that team. But we need to talk about Emmanuel quickly going from what it seemed like Kentucky Southwest in Oklahoma City traded to the New York Knickerbockers, Aaron, and you, you were groaning uh, leading into this draft about any Kentucky player being sentenced to playing for the Knicks. But still, uh, you know, better players will help you, and you got to be happy for this kid. I mean, there, there, there were people who thought last year, before last season, that he wouldn't even be drafted. And now he's on top of the world. Oh, I'm thrilled for this kid. I'm not, I mean – you just watched what he did down the stretch. And like I said last night, I think the last 19 games scoring in double figures had a couple double-doubles mixed in there. Uh, I don't know how he was being overlooked the way he was, so I'm glad that he was able to go earlier than expectations. And, you know, after the Knicks finally, and I mean finally, get their first pick right with Obi Token, I was thrilled with that. Uh, the confidence, uh, not confidence, but I guess I thought more about, you know, you have Leon Rose in here, an eight, former agent who is coming in with a fresh face and went worldwide West. And I knew if, if either Maxie or quickly were on the board, especially uh, with Kenny Payne there, I felt like the Knicks were going to go ahead and make that move. And as soon as they made the 23rd pick and traded it, I, I, I was on the phone with my brother. I said right away, quickly as soon as they're taking at 25, it just felt right. And I think him being there with KP and having the familiarity, yep. maybe it won't be the same uh, curse of the Knicks. Cause at least, you know, he'll have familiarity there. Leon Rose obviously knows Cal really well, so I think it's a perfect landing spot for him. I do too, and I'm like you, um, 
and we're going to talk to Mike Safosnick a little bit later on, our New York City Bureau Chief, uh, whose life revolves around, well, his job, of course, New York City police officer, his podcast, but the New York Yankees, the Kentucky Wildcats, and the New York Knickerbockers. So, except for the police thing, pretty much like Aaron. Um We've been- Everybody, the, uh, the last six months or so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. So, uh, uh, and it's been tough for you Yankee fans. I know that. And you know what's interesting too, Billy, about uh, Nick Richards. Uh, Mitch Kupchak was talking after the fact about his ridiculous amount of athleticism. And you know who one of the lead scouts on Nick Richards has been is Kevin Grevy. Kevin Grevy now works for uh, Charlotte. He used to work under Mitch Kupchak. They were good friends, former teammates with the Washington Bullets. Uh, but uh, I think even maybe going back to the Baltimore Bullets. But anyhow, um, he worked for Kupchak when Mitch was with the Lakers. And then Kupchak, you know, they changed the front office. He ends up back in this side of the country. And uh, Kevin is works for the Bobcats now. So, uh, you know, I've seen him in Rupp Arena two or three times. You eyeball somebody like Nick Richards and you get a chance to watch him play in person, that's going to go along because, of course, he didn't get a chance like anybody else, like everybody else, to work out privately. That had to be a big plus, I got to think. And not just because Kevin went to Kentucky, uh, but because he came here more than once and saw them play. Yeah, I, I did not know that. But, you know, I actually love the landing spot of all three of the Kentucky guys that were drafted last night. Nick Richards teaming up with former teammate P.J. Washington. and. Yep. If you think that guy's reached his ceiling, or I mean, I'm gonna have to buy us. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna have to buy you a timeshare here because this guy really does have the potential to continue to be a, a, a not just a starter, but a, a contributing player in the NBA. We saw the leaps and bounds he improved here at Kentucky, and we've already talked about quickly. But Maxi going to the Sixers, teaming up with Ben Simmons, who he's with at Clutch Sports. Um, you know, new head coach Doc Rivers obviously yep. can get the best out of him. So. I think it was positive for all three of these guys. I think if Doc Rivers can get the best out of all those guys with the Sixers, Maxie is in a great spot because they they don't have to lean on him as the, the first-round draft pick. You know, he is a number one draft pick, but he is a late-round guy. He's not one of the top three or four guys. So, And you got Toppin as well, Aaron. you gotta, you got to love that. Oh, I love that pick. It's, <laughs> they couldn't possibly mess it up. And, you know, it, uh, it turns out that's the guy they wanted to trade up and get. And not only do they get him, they don't have to give up any future assets. And for a rebuilding team, uh, that's humongous. And uh, especially when you look, 2023 is probably going to be the first draft where the high school kids are going to be allowed in. The Knicks have two first and fourth seconds in that draft. Wow. And they weren't going to move any of those picks last night. So it was a really uh, impressive job by Leon Rose to – well, that was luck, but then the, the quickly trade and not giving up too much in that. Actually, they, what they did, the Knicks, is they moved down to 23 and then turned 23 and 37 into 25 and 33. So yep. just an unbelievable job. I, not something I'm used to as a Knicks fan, seeing a GM do so well. <laughs> well, the other thing, too, obviously, is those six draft picks you were just talking about, they could put them into play during the upcoming season with an eye, of course, in the future or next yep. year before the draft. So you're right about that. Uh, there's been some uh, signs of hope now from the Knicks. And if you're a Kentucky fan, maybe not an NBA fan, but you're going to keep an eye on that. Uh, the other thing is um, Nate Sestina signs what I, – I don't know. What is an Exhibit 10 contract, Aaron? Do you know? 
Yeah, I, I, I had to look it up. I didn't know either. It's basically the equivalent. Obviously, there's no summer league, but it's the equivalent of like a practice squad gig. Okay. So he doesn't even necessarily have a spot on the G League. He has to try out and make that. Well, it's a, it's a foot in the door, right? You know, I mean, exactly. Europe awaits, but it's a foot in the door. And then, Billy, I think Ashton Hagen signs with a free agent contract with Minnesota. So that could be a good spot, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, D'Angelo Russell's the guy in charge over there. Uh, but for any playing time that's going to come Hagen's way, he's going to have to improve his finishing. We talked about that a little bit last night. Yeah, they also signed Ricky Rubio to a free agent contract, so that'll make it tough. You know, look, like we said, get your foot in the door. That's the key. Now, uh, E.J. Montgomery, Khalil Whitney. Now, I don't know that either one of them, when, I, when we went on the air, am I, have I missed anything or have they signed yeah. with anybody? Oh, E.J. EJ signed late last night with Milwaukee on a okay. two-way deal. So he is getting a shot to at least uh, two-way. Probably means he'll get at least the G League roster spot to start the year. Yeah. Well, you know, he's got skills. He's got ability, but should have come back. And Whitney – like EJ, he, they just got bad advice, uh, you know. But there are a lot of leagues out there, and, you know, if you just stay healthy and work hard, you never know. You may get a shot, but it's, it's it, it gets harder and harder. There's no question about it because guys sign those big, fat contracts and teams don't want to give up on them. So, but at least it was a happy night for Kentucky and John Calipari and the brand and the fans and things like that. Uh, but um, – you know, it, it seems like it's going to take forever for the season to get here, the NBA season, but or the college season as well. But it's going to be fun to keep an eye on those guys going through the draft. This was what every every season Calipari's been here, he's had at least two people in the go in the first round. Now he missed out on having a lottery pick, but yeah. you know we talked about that during the year, fellas, quite a bit that. You know, this this wasn't a team with a superstar, but it was a team with a lot of guys who were playing their best basketball when March rolled around or whenever the pandemic took everything away from us. I think, it, yeah, it was March. It was March 11th. Um, so that I, I think that tells Kentucky fans it might sting a little bit more if only they had gotten into postseason play. I, I think all those guys – were playing about as well as they could. So, um, you know, you got to feel good. You got to feel good for the guys that, especially not to be picking favorites, but guys like Nick Richards, you know, he who was almost, I don't want to say arrogant, but remember when he sat there at that news conference, Billy, and he said, you know, not, not everybody's going to be a one and done, and, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I really respected that. Absolutely. Uh, you can point to Nick Richards as maybe the biggest success story in Coach yeah. Calipari's era here at Kentucky. So I, I think you're exactly right. I wouldn't call it arrogance at all, but definitely a chip on his shoulder, something to prove, and loved the reaction last night from him and uh, his girlfriend Leah. It was, yeah. just, it was all smiles <laughs> and, and tears of joy last night. Yeah, and you know what? I, I bumped into Craig Skinner the other day, and I meant to ask him if he knew. I'm curious to see – what happens with Leah because there are the professional volleyball leagues overseas. I'd love to know if, uh, if she's going to pursue that, but either way, if those two stay together, think about that gene pool, man. Think about future athletes coming from, they're both bright. They're both really intelligent, attractive people, man, you know, could be a, a bright future for those two, 
But, uh, yeah, you're happy for both. There's no question about that. 280-228-7800-606-4263. Tweet us at Big Blue Insider 1. A little bit later on, we'll talk about what Mark Stoops had to say today. Also coming up on the show tonight, we haven't had a chance to talk much about this. Um, this is it, it happened within a, a week, 50 years ago, the Marshall plane crash, the tragedy that took the Marshall team. And if any of you have seen the We Are Marshall movie, that's a pretty good accounting of what happened from everything I've read about the Marshall plane crash. And I've, I've actually been over there to Huntington to cover two or three games when EKU was playing Marshall, when Marshall was a 1AA school and was becoming quite the powerhouse over there. In fact, Marshall won a pair of national titles before moving up to Division One. But that tells you, obviously, how far that school and that program have come since that tragedy. And one of my good friends from all my years at WKYT, Jerry Sander, who is our award-winning medical reporter, uh, and a terrific news reporter. Uh, Jerry worked the Huntington Market, and uh, another uh, former co-worker by the name of Bill Griffin, who has since uh, passed away, he was actually on the scene that night. Uh, Jerry, of course, though, worked, uh, I believe was working that Well, everybody got called into work that night, but and, of course, worked the aftermath as well. So we're going to visit with Jerry a little bit about that and uh, and, and get his perspective uh, and, you know, and, and I always will kick myself because if you've seen the movie, the coach who was played by Matthew McConaughey, Jack Langle, he was right down the road for a year, not quite two years, I believe, as the AD at Eastern Kentucky. And I never got off my rear end and, and went over and talked to him about that. And I'll, I'll always regret that. He was right over there. But at any rate, um, it was a tragedy. But now it's it's a story of, of success and compassion, and we'll visit with Jerry a little bit about that. I mentioned Stephen Johnson. We'll chat with him coming up in just a few minutes. And Mike Safosnik, who, like Aaron, is Knicks slash Wildcats or the other way around. And he is about as happy as Aaron right now uh, over the way the draft went last night. Back in just a few here on 630 WLAP. This is the home of the Wildcats. 630 WLAP. Welcome back to the Big Blue Insider. Coming up in just a few minutes, Stephen Johnson will join us, the former Kentucky quarterback who knows what it's like to start against Alabama down in Tuscaloosa. You might remember that game. Uh, Wildcats were, you know, in it, but... I mean, you knew it was going to be Alabama, but uh, it was interesting watching Kentucky battle that day down in Tuscaloosa, and they will do it again on Saturday. We'll hear it right here on 630 WLAP. I meant to ask you this, Aaron, before we went to the break, and I just saw a headline where Steven Johnson had an emotional reaction. He is, I, I guess for you Knicks fans, probably the, your national voice, and he had some kind of a, a emotional response to the drafting of Obi Toppin, and did you have any idea what he was talking about, Stephen A? Yeah, well, I think his point, which it what was did I say, Stephen Johnson? Was, yeah, yeah, no, you're good. Uh, what he, I think what he was, what he was, the gist of it was he wanted a point guard at that pick, and he really liked Tyrese Halliburton out of Iowa State, who uh, ultimately fell to Sacramento a few picks later. But he's pretty much the gist of it was he really likes Pope, and he thinks he'll be a fine player. But he, it wasn't the Knicks' biggest need. But you know what? With the Knicks, 
trying to get things together and try to learn learn free agents with a more you know respectable front office and coaching staff. Tom Thibodeau leading it. Uh, I guess the hope is to do it in free agency or use trade uh, trade market now that they have a lot of assets. So uh, I, I understood his point, but I think uh, it, what it co- comes down to is when you're a rebuilding team and you don't have an exact need, uh, you need pretty much everything. You yeah. take the best <laughs> player forward, and that was definitely token. Yeah, I I fully agree with you, uh, and I you know it seems like they're always saying we're just a point guard away. But I'm like you. You get the best. You get the best player you can. Uh, Kentucky and Indiana are going to play basketball again. But don't get too excited. Well, get excited. But it's the women's teams will play. They're 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 still for whatever reason, the Indiana men and the Kentucky men just cannot agree on playing. And uh, I'm on record as saying I think Kentucky should play in Bloomington, and I think Indiana ought to play in Lexington. Uh, that is the way it used to be. That doesn't mean it's the best way, but you're talking about two. And, again, Indiana has not held up its its end of a rivalry or, or relevance. But if you're Kentucky, and this is a long-term uh, rivalry, and I realize it was more about Bob Knight than anything. But even before Bob Knight, I was young, but even before Bob Knight got there, that was a big rivalry, Kentucky and Indiana. You know, border war, high school basketball, that. But, uh, yeah, they rush the floor when they upset Kentucky. You can fix that. You know, you can fix that. So I, I really don't know what has gone into all of this. And, you know, somebody's going to, well, they said this, well, we said that, that kind of thing. They ought to play. At the very least, they ought to play in a neutral site. But I firmly believe that both of those schools should be big enough and strong enough in terms of their profile to play in Lexington and in Bloomington. Won't but, happen. Oh, no, it won't happen. Nope. They're, they're being too stubborn about it. Doesn't benefit Kentucky enough to play a team like Indiana. When you lose, then you lost to Indiana, a bad program. And if you win, well, good job. You beat Indiana. Same thing with Western Kentucky. It's not going to happen. Well, with all due respect, I can see Kentucky not returning to Western game. But the Kentucky-Indiana rivalry goes back so many decades that you know but i understand where a bitter western kentucky fan is coming from i do i do believe that i do uh, i do understand that um one other note out of it the sec in terms of football uh and aaron you were talking about jt daniels back in the summer and it looks like now he will be starting against mississippi state so what happens if georgia's offense suddenly springs to life and starts playing with this ruthless efficiency that they've been looking for all year long. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think the fan base will be asking, uh, what took you so long to Kirby Smart? Uh, You know, honestly, this year, I really think this was just, I said at the beginning of the year, I just think this was Florida's year to take this division, just with Kyle Trask being the talent he is in their offense. Uh, But if Georgia has solid quarterback play next year, and now Florida's going to be looking for their next guy, I don't really know what their depth looks like. Uh, behind Trask, well, he'll obviously be a first-round pick. So he'll be gone, and Georgia should have the edge again next year because their roster is actually pretty young for Georgia. They're kind of yeah. this is kind of like a reload year. Yep. So they'll be uh, it's good to get Daniel Rutledge in the last couple games. One other college football note, Mr. Rutledge, another cancellation, high-profile game, Maryland and Michigan out, and Maryland's head coach 
has tested positive. So they've canceled that game. That was going to be a good one. Yeah, I'd also call that a win for Jim Harbaugh to not have another loss this weekend. <laughs> no, so. no, 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 Michigan State. Oh, Michigan State. Oh, I thought he said Michigan. <laughs> but I like where your mind was going. <laughs> well, he needs to avoid as many games as possible if we're right. being for real. <laughs> we'll talk more college football with Steven Johnson. That's coming up next here on 630 WLAP. You're listening to Big Blue Insider with Dick Gabriel on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome back to the Big Blue Insider. Yours truly along with Aaron Gershon, Billy Rutledge, and coming up Saturday, Kentucky, Alabama, down in Tuscaloosa. Not an easy place to play, and our next guest knows that. He's done it. He started at quarterback for the Wildcats against Bama, second-ranked Alabama team back in 2016. Steven Johnson on our Celebrity Hotline. How are you, young man? I'm doing great, sir. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Um, when you think back to that game, and I, I mentioned earlier in the show that it was a physical contest, and I know that's how Mark Stoops likes it, but it can be tough when you're on the receiving end of that. What do you remember about going up against a pretty good Alabama team in a pretty tough place to play? Uh, the main thing that I strictly remember is just the power, speed, and discipline of that team. Um, that the 2016 Alabama defense was no joke. Um, that was the team led by Reuben Foster, and they were um, somebody that you wouldn't want to be uh, reckoned with. So the, 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 those three things right there was just the speed, the, the power, and the discipline that they had on their defense. Which would probably explain why you had decent passing figures, 13 for 22, and a team that liked to run the ball, but only 89 yards. And as I recall, you guys tried to, to hit the short ones and, and, and break something, but Alabama wasn't having it, were they? Yeah, with, uh, and with, with them, they, they game plan very well. So they know how good that their front four is. So they know how quickly they can get to the quarterback. So everything that they play behind them is just strictly man and cover one. Um, and that's what they did against us. So trying to complete those quick passes were quite difficult, especially with a guy pressed up against your receivers. <laughs> Uh, but that was our game plan because we knew we had to get the ball out quick. Yeah, you know, it's funny you said that because Van Hiles, a former Kentucky defensive back, he played uh, back under Bill Curry. He said virtually the exact same thing about the fact that Kentucky's receivers uh, did not face that kind of press coverage against Vanderbilt. They're going to face an entirely different brand and style of defense, aren't they, this Saturday? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, this is not going to be a uh... – defense that plays off of the receivers at 8 to 10 yards. They're, they're going to be in your face all day. Um, and so I know that that's what they've been practicing all week um, is getting off press releases, getting open quick, um, and slightly changing your route depending on those press releases. Um, things have to come out of the ball, come out of Terry Wilson's hands a lot quicker. So um, that's, I'm sure that's what they've been practicing all week. You weren't afraid to run the football when you had to, but I, I think Terry, with all due respect, has you in the in the quickness department, uh, and, and maybe mm-hmm. you can get down the field a little bit better, you know. But when you talk about discipline, though, uh, do you see him having a hard time maybe breaking a player too because of that athleticism and discipline that Alabama has? No, and 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 you you quite said it a, a, a little bit earlier just now. You um, how you know. Terry is, is, you know, 
slightly quicker than I used to be. But, um, no, Terry, uh, I, I don't think he'll have a problem in the open field. Um, he is very athletic. Um, so if something does break open, then I'm sure he'll be able to get yards as he's been able to do for uh, this entire football season thus far. Um, it's just going to be whether he does it correctly, uh, whether he puts his eyes down and tries to run too soon, or whether he goes through his progressions, um, and if nothing is open, then takes off. Stephen, you probably heard Mark Stoops lay into the defense throughout the week, and I'm just curious, as a, as a quarterback and offensive player, period, how frustrating is it when your offense is clicking like the way Kentucky did uh, against Vanderbilt and the defense just seems not to hold their end of the bargain? For me, an example from your career would be like the Missouri game in 17. I think it was 41-34. Um, it is frustrating, but um, the good thing about Kentucky is nobody really holds it against the other side. Um, with, with when the offense is down, you you hear the defense on the other side say, "Hey, we have to pick our stuff up." When the defense is down, you hear the guys in the offense say, "Hey, we have to pick our stuff up." The other side may be struggling at times, but it, it, especially with um, Kentucky and the bond that they've built, and obviously the 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 troubles that have hit Kentucky this obviously recently in this past year. Um, it's brought this team together, so it's not going to be too frustrating with the offense if uh, they have to, you know, strive to put down more points, or if it's switched the opposite way and the defense has to kind of hold them, hold the defense down if the offense is struggling, um, because we may be seeing that some of that this Saturday. Um, nobody really holds it personally. Steven, there was about a 15-game stretch in your career at Kentucky where you played without two ligaments in your left knee and a partially torn hamstring. I mean, one, how the hell did you even play with those injuries? <laughs> and two, is there any advice to playing through injuries? I feel like that's a pretty common thing when you when you play high-level football. Um, really, the only – I mean, one, cortisone, it's amazing. Uh, that is always a great help. Um, but – Two is just you have to have the heart to want to go out there. Um, when you fall on your shoulder or you trip and fall and can't feel your leg or can't feel your arm, um, and then that pain suddenly hits you, it, it, it's a quick decision you have to make in your mind of, all right, do I want to go back out there and play or am I going to kind of stay down and let one of the trainers come and cart me off this field? Um Terry, I, I don't think, is a part of the latter at all. I, I think he's got the heart, if he does, you know, take some pain to kind of come back and do what he has to do to win. Um, and I think that really applies to most of the guys on the field, whether it's offense, defense, special teams. Um, n- n- nobody's really going to want to stay down and stay off that field, especially when you're playing Alabama, because um, this is probably one of the biggest games you're going to get. You hand the ball off to JoJo Kemp, Benny Snell, and Boom Williams that season. And here's how good the Alabama defense was. Those guys combined for 27 carries, but only 99 yards. Um, Mm -hmm. But when you go back and look now uh, in the rearview mirror, playing with Benny Snell and what he developed into and now playing on Sundays, uh, did you see that in him, Stephen, when he was sharing – the position with two other pretty good college running backs. Oh, yeah. Um, Benny is one of the hardest working guys I've ever met. Um, and a lot of people said that I had some great heart. 
um, I would have to give that crown to Benny. He wouldn't quit no matter what. Um, I don't even think he would think about quitting um, no matter what. So with with having Benny out there and be able to play with JoJo and, and, and Boom, um, I mean, I was very fortunate to, to be able to play with those guys. Uh, but now we've got AJ, uh, Chris Rodriguez, uh, all these other guys on Smoke. the that that are pretty close to what we've had before, um, and I, I'm I'm pretty positive that they're going to put up more than 99 yards this week, um, okay. like than we did in the past. Even following up on the running backs, there, Chris Rodriguez and Benny Austin are compared to one another just in their style of play. Just mm-hmm. watching. Do you think that's a very accurate comparison? And, you know, Chris might be the team MVP this year. Just how how impressed have you been with him and just the season he's had? Very impressed. Very, very impressed. Um, you know, there, there is no Benny. Uh, Benny is a unique character in his own special way, and I love him to death. Um, but uh, you do see similarities between the two. Um, and uh just to see Chris Rodriguez run the ball almost as hard as Benny um, and try to push for those extra yards um, and do everything that he can is really special to see. And, I mean, as a, a former Kentucky football player and, and current fan now, um, it, it just makes things more exciting to kind of watch on Saturday. Steven, there's been some frustration looking at the Kentucky offense this year in spurts. And my question to you is, were there any boiling points in your career at Kentucky when the offense just couldn't get it going? Was it easy to point fingers at people, and how did you guys have to come together to improve offensively? Because it's not something that you can just snap your fingers and, and correct. Oh, yeah. Um, that, I mean, there were definitely times while I was playing where we had some, some really down times and trying to figure out you know, what we wanted to do. If we wanted to run the ball, pass the ball, um, throw a screen here or there. Uh, but the, like I said, the, the good thing is there were no pointing fingers within those meeting rooms. There were no pointing fingers on the field. That none of that really happened. All that happened outside of the facility and outside of um, our hands. So with uh, with us and with the football team right now, I, I know there's no issues with guys trying to say, "Hey, we need to do this," or tell the coaches we need to do that. Um, these guys have been doing it, and the, uh, the coaches I mean have been doing this for quite a while, um, and they're some of the best that I've ever seen. So if there's struggles, I'm sure that things will change. Um, I'm sure they'll make the adjustments to whatever needs to be adjusted. Talking to Steven Johnson, former Kentucky quarterback, he started against Alabama down in Tuscaloosa in 2016, uh, and Alabama wins that game 34-6. to But uh, I recall, Steven, uh, it was – Three to three after one quarter. I mean, you guys were, you know, mm-hmm. throwing some haymakers, but you were hanging with them, and then he scored a couple touchdowns, uh, including one just before the half to make it 17-3. to three. But there won't be a full house down there. And clearly that's an advantage for any visiting team. But Van was, was talking to us about, you know, the, the tidal wave of noise that, that can rain down on you in SEC stadiums. Can you imagine what's gonna, what it's going to be like down there? I'm sure they'll sneak in a few thousand fans uh, beyond what we might expect, but it won't be the kind of full house that you had to face. No, no, it won't. Um, it's going to be a lot different. Um, it, 
if you've never experienced it, you, you really can't quite understand how that packed house and all seeing that entire uh, stadium full of red um, and everybody screaming at the top of their lungs, it is a different feeling. Um, but I'm, I, it, it's going to be a lot different now only because you're not going to have you know, tens of thousands of people screaming at you. You may have a, a, a few thousand. Um, I'm sure they're going to, you know, bust in some noise from the from the speakers, but right. that's not going to change much. It's just going to be you and the guy across from you, um, and it's going to be a dogfight, and it's not going to be uh, as bad as I think a lot of people uh, think it's going to be. It's an awfully good Alabama team, though, and I think that uh, and with two weeks to prepare, uh, you know, you know, you got to hope for if you're Kentucky, you got to hope you can catch. Bama a little rusty early. I'll let you go with this just to follow up on Billy's question about the offense. Um, I think the receivers began to acquit themselves a little bit in the Vandy win. Uh, they were sharp. They caught the ball, a couple of touchdowns to the to the tight ends. One of your favorite receivers, one of your favorite targets was uh, Juice Johnson, who I thought was just a terrific success story, uh, a guy who was an all-stater in Florida, but just wasn't quite big enough or fast enough for the Gators, yet came to Lexington and made a name for himself. Uh, and I'm wondering what guys like Garrett and, and Jeff Bedette and those guys uh, showed you that you need to see more of from these receivers now here at, at Kentucky now. Play every play as if it's your last. Um, that's what Juice did. That's what um, Jeff did. That's what K1 is. That that's what the guys that I played with. That's what they did every single play. Um, they knew, you know, that this was more than likely going to be a running team. So let me get in what I can get in because I have higher aspirations to get to the next level. Yeah. Um, and that's not just going to have, be just me catching, you know, twenty balls a game. I'm going to show I have to block. I'm going to show, you know, the the balls running to the other side of the field. But if he breaks loose, am I down the field to have that one extra block to lead to a touchdown? Um, and that's what Juice had and Jeff and K1 and the rest of the guys um, that I play with. That That's what, what made them so special. Um, and that's what I'm hoping we're going to see because we're going to be able to break a few this week, especially when you're playing man. Um, they, once you get by somebody, it's you in the safety almost. Um, and we, if we have that one extra guy running down the field to make one extra block, uh, that can lead to a touchdown or just a first down. Um, so it's going to make all the difference in the world. Sounds good to me. We'll see if it happens on Saturday. And Stephen Johnson will be watching. And, of course, uh, you can also listen on the iHeartRadio app. I know you will. Uh, we do appreciate, as always, chatting with you. How, how are sales going out there in California? Uh, I've been busier than ever. It has been insane. But um, I truly love what I do. Um, it gives me a lot of freedom and and uh, I just hope to continue to do it for, for quite a while. So good. it's going really good. Good. Well, uh, we were looking forward to seeing you on the sidelines this year, but everybody knows what's going on. So maybe next season mm-hmm. we'll get to see you live and in person at a Kentucky game. Absolutely. I'll be there. Thank you, brother. Good talking to you. You as well. Take care. That's Steven Johnson, former Kentucky quarterback and a guy who knows what it's like to go up against the Crimson Tide in Tuscaloosa. And we're back in a few here on 630. WLAP. This is the home of the Wildcats. 630 WLAP. 
Thanks again to Stephen Johnson for joining us. Dick Gabriel, Aaron Gershon, Billy Rutledge coming up Saturday, Kentucky and Alabama. And, of course, the Wildcats don't have the greatest record of all, uh, the greatest record against Alabama. But you do remember the night that the Wildcats upset the Crimson Tide. Freddie Kitchens was the quarterback. It was not a great Alabama team, but you know what? Who cares? Whenever a team pulls an upset of the Kentucky Wildcats, Gardner-Webb fans will talk about beating Kentucky forever. That We all know that was not a great Kentucky team. Should have been a good Kentucky team. Really wasn't. Stunk it up that night, with all due respect to Gardner-Webb. But Gardner-Webb came into Lexington in Rupp Arena, blew a 19-point lead. Kentucky actually took the lead. And then Gardner-Webb comes back and wins. And when we talk about that avalanche of sound, of noise, imagine, yeah, you know, if, if it were a full house at Alabama, there would be 80,000, 90,000. But imagine being in Rupp Arena and it was not a full house because in the Gillespie era, well, people just kind of stopped caring and did not fill the place. But when Kentucky came charging back against Gardner-Webb, the place was deafening. And then it went silent when Gardner-Webb retook the lead. So, yeah, if, if you beat Alabama, you've beaten the brand. You've beaten the jersey. You've beaten the helmet. Uh, but especially if you went on the road. But, um Aaron, I know you were looking forward to going to media day. I don't know if you've ever encountered Nick Saban in person, but it, it would have been really interesting to watch him, uh, you know, kind of downplay his team's chances this year, even though everybody knew they were going to be pretty damn good. Yeah, no, no doubt. I really was looking forward to it, and I have not been across him. But, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's a professional is what he is. I mean, he's the best to ever coach college football for a reason, and he does like to downplay his team and – you know, try to make them out to not be as good as they are. And he loves, you know, he compliments the other teams, which is great. He called Josh Ali a star, which all, all respect to Josh Ali. You look at Alabama's depth chart, and Ali might be the fifth receiver there. So yeah. uh, Saban's just a pro uh, in every way, every just every form you could think of. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing how uh, Kentucky fares down there. I'm not thinking – they're going to win. I definitely don't think they're going to win, but if they can keep it close, I think it'll say a lot about the heart and uh, maybe put a, uh, some of Stoops' worries that we saw at the beginning of this week to bed. Yeah, and you know what? Alabama football and Kentucky basketball have so much in common, but I think in a backhanded way, something that's really interesting is how many times had you heard prior to Gillespie, <clears throat> and mind you, I liked Billy. I got along with him. I just thought he was he was. In hindsight, everybody knew it was a bad pick, bad choice. But um, how many people, and, and a lot of times they were trying to put down Tubby Smith when they were saying that, but but just in a lot of ways in general, people say, well, anybody can coach at Kentucky. Any co- anybody can win there. Anybody? No, not true. It's, it's not as easy as it looks. Uh, and when you think about it, uh, we could talk for all night about it. And he would agree, John Calipari falling short when it comes to national championships. But – You've got to have the right guy in this job because it ain't easy. And if you think it's easy at Alabama, Saban makes it look easy. But think about what happened between Stallings and Saban. I mean, Stallings took over when uh, they had gone to divisional play, won a national championship. Uh, People said, you know, the SEC would never win a national title when they went to divisions, which was absolutely ridiculous. But when you look at 
how the fortunes of Alabama football sagged until they hired Saban. And, Billy, I guess that's what you need. You know, you need a dictator like that at a place like Alabama. I guess so. Kicking the pants. Uh, yeah. A change of scenery. You know, sustained success is definitely, you know, not a fluke. There is no, you know, one-and-done seasons with guys that – really know the game and really know what they're doing. You can have some of the best recruits in the world, but it's that coaching, it's that discipline that we've talked about this week with the Alabama radio host. It really is the way that he teaches not just the game, but life is what separates him from some of these other coaches. Yeah, he demands excellence, and he's got the depth on his roster to back it up. Like we said, if somebody gets hurt at Alabama, if if Jalen Hurts goes down, they plug into it, right? Uh, if if they lose a, a guy as good as Quentin Bohanna, as we were talking the other night, if Kentucky feels it, every other team in the league for the most part, maybe not Georgia, maybe not Florida, but the rest of those teams, they feel it. Alabama just says next man up, and the next man up is just about as good. So hour number two is coming up a little bit later on. Mike Safosnik, Mike Sappho from New York. Back handsprings over IQ becoming a Nick. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.